Hey, this is Nate Clark, and I'm the pastor of Oasis Church in Richmond, Virginia. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. Our hope is that you're encouraged and challenged by God's word. Here's today's message. This morning's uh, scripture is in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 7. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 7. It's the words of Jesus. And um, what we're going to do this morning is we're going to continue our collection of talks called Mountains and Valleys. How many know life is full of a lot of mountains and a lot of valleys? Often one right after each other, often both at the same time. Um, This is life. This is our faith journey full of mountains and valleys, ups and downs, ins and outs. And so the the question for this whole series is how do we navigate life's ups and downs? Because although life changes and seasons change, how many know God never changes? God is steadfast. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The book of Hebrews tells us that we have this uh, for, our, for our hope and an anchor for our soul, steadfast. So how do we cling to a God that never changes in the midst of life that always changes, right? And so we're talking, we talked last week and, uh, about mountains and valleys, and we're going to continue this collection of talks here this week, and we're going to look at Matthew chapter number 7. I'm going to start reading in verse number 24. Are you ready for God's word today? The words of Jesus, here's what he says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Somebody say the rock. Verse 25. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, and they beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. The people who hear these words of mine and do not put them into practice... It's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Somebody say the sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. Fell with a great crash. These words of Jesus, Jesus is actually um, concluding what could be argued as the greatest sermon of all time. Jesus has just preached the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, number 6, and number 7 is Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And could you imagine what it would have been like that day to hear the word of God from God himself? To, to, to hear the words of Jesus would have been incredible. And so Jesus has, has preached this Sermon on the Mount, and he concludes it with these scriptures we just read, talking about two people. There's, there's a wise guy. He built this house on a rock, and then the storm came, and because he was wise and it was on a rock, it stood. And there was another guy who, who was not wise. He was a fool, and he built his house on the sand, and the same storm came. And because he built on the sand, his, his house was destroyed. Jesus is finishing out this sermon with this story to us about these two men. Now, I'm not sure about you, but me, me personally, if I could just confess to us this morning, we're, we're family now, we're building this community so we can just talk openly with each other, right? Is this, is this okay? Is this okay? So um, I'm not the most handy guy in the world. Like, at all, actually. <laughs> at all. Like, um, we, we, like, we have um, some amazing neighbors. They're here. They're part of this church. Like, I've been talking to him about, like, bro, help me with my yard. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, something fixed. Come on. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's bad. I can't, like, I, I can't fix anything. I'm terrible around the home. Like, pray for my wife, Anna. It's just, like, it's bad. And uh, this, this also translates with vehicles. I know nothing about fixing vehicles, right? I've never been able to do my own work on my car. I just don't get it. So um, for for a season, uh, the last several years, I don't know what it was. It was the weirdest thing. It had to have been a demon. But our headlights in my car and Anna's car would always go out, like always. You're like, that's so weird. I'm like, yeah, it's super weird. Like we would just be driving down the highway, boom, a headlight go out. 
like I would just turn a corner too sharp. Boom, there goes the other one. Just turn the music up a little too loud. Boom, there it goes. So I'm like always fixing these things, popping the hood, fixing it. They would go out. Then I was like, oh, that's because I got the cheap headlight. Now I'm going to get the nice headlight. Like, you know, there's like headlights, then there's headlights, right? So, so I was, I'll get the nice ones. And so, uh, you know, I'll get the ones that are tinted blue, the ones that are like all these headlights. And they all kept breaking. And so I've, I've got now like a pile of headlights in my glove compartment. <laughs> if you want one, let me know. I got you. Honda Accord. I got plenty of extra ones for Honda Accord, right? So all these headlights, I kept switching them out, kept switching them out. It was driving me crazy. I finally took it to the dealer. I was telling the guy, I was venting. You could tell, like, he's like, you're a pastor, bro. <laughs> I'm like, listen, like, listen, man, this is what keeps happening. It's driving me crazy. Figure it out. Fix my headlights. Give me headlights that work. So he takes it back. He comes back out to the waiting room, like, five minutes later. He's like, all right, got you. You're good. What are you talking about, man? You're good. He's like, oh, and that whole pile of headlights that's in your glove compartment, they're all fine. They all work. I'm like, I'm like, what, what in the world? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, the problem's not the headlights, bro. Um, the problem was all your wiring was frayed. All your wires are messed up. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Took me nine months to figure this out, right? Nine months and 87 headlights. But look, what he was saying was, look, how, how many know I, I could continue to switch out the headlights all day long, but unless I fixed the wiring, it didn't matter. In other words, the problem wasn't the headlight. The problem was something beneath the surface. The problem was something that was deeper than what you could see on the outside. And th this is what Jesus is talking about in this story about building a foundation. He's, he's not talking about what's on the surface. He's talking about what's underneath the life that you're building. He's talking about what's underneath the things that we see. And so there's some observations from this passage that I'd like to give us this morning about building our foundation. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. The first point, if you're writing this down, note takers are world changers. Somebody take some notes. Here's the first, here's the first point. You are building. Yeah. You're building. Matthew, four, Matthew 7, 24 tells us that there's a man who, who heard the words of Jesus and he put them into practice. And he, he's a wise man who built his house on the rock. So there's a man, man number one in the story, he's building a house. He's building a house on the rock. Two verses later, he tells us the same thing about this other guy. He says, hey, he, he heard the same words of Jesus, but he didn't put them into practice. And, and he's, he's building a house as well, but it's just on the sand. The, the common thread between these two is both, both men are building a house. Both men are building a house. And in the scriptures, the word house can symbolize and speak to many different things. There's just four of them that I'd like to look at this morning. But a house can simply mean a life. You're building your life. You're building your story. You're, you're building a life. The second thing is you're building a family. A house could mean a family. In the scriptures, you see um, it described as the house of David. It was the family of David. It was the line of David. A house could also mean a family. You're building your life. You're building your family. Um, a house could also mean a ministry. You're building a ministry, the, the house of God. The church is often referred to as the house of God or a house of prayer, building a ministry. And the fourth thing a house could refer to is just society and culture. We're building a community. We're building the, the society that we live in and that we work in and that we play sports in and that we eat in. We're, we're building our society. We're building our culture. You're building a house. And these men both had this in common. They were both building a house. And what I want to let you know this morning is that no matter who you are or where you are on your journey, I want you to know that you are building a house. Yeah. Yeah. 
you're building. Every single one of us, we're all on the same page here. We are all building our life, family, ministry, or society. Maybe some or maybe all, but we're all building a house. We're all building a house. Look, every conversation you have, you're building a house. Every thought you have, you build a house. Every day when you go to work, you build a house. Every day when you talk about your boss when they're not there, you're building a house. How you treat your spouse, you're building a house. Your involvement or your lack thereof in the local church, you're building a house. How you steward your finance and live out generosity, you're building a house. How you set your calendar and prioritize your schedule, you're building a house. The sacrifices that you make or don't make, you're building a house. The thoughts you entertain, you're building a house. The service you do to other people or don't do to other people, you're building a house. What I want to tell you this morning is everything we're doing, we are building a house. The question is not if we're building a house, it's what kind of house are we building? All of us this morning, we are building a house. And by the way, this is a good thing. This is a good thing that we're building a house, and it's a good desire to have because I, I, I want to build a life that I'm proud of. I, I, I want to have a family that I'm proud of. I, I'd love to have a ministry that God uses to reach people, and I want my city to be better because I'm in it. It's not bad to want to build a house. It's a good thing, but what I want to let all of us know is we're all building a house. We're all building. Everything we do, everything we say, the life we live, what we're doing with our life is we are building a house. And both of these men in this story, Jesus tells us they're both building. They also have more things in common than than just that. They didn't just both build, but they also heard the words of Jesus, both of them. So it's easy to read the story real quick and be like, oh, there was a fool and there was a wise guy, you know? Like this is like their total contrast, which they are contrasted in that way, but there's a lot of similarities to these two people. Not only are they both building a house, but they both heard the words of Jesus. So this is not a sinner and a saint. This is not a churchgoer and somebody who hasn't walked to church in a decade. No, these are two people that saw Jesus, heard the words of Jesus, were exposed to the words of Jesus, intellectually knew about the words of Jesus. Both of them had in common that they had heard the word of God. They had heard the word of God. Now, where they differ was not that they just were there, not that they just heard it, but they differed in what they did with what they heard. So they both heard the same thing, were exposed to the same thing, but they differed in what they did with what they heard. You with me this morning? The man who applied it, the man who heard it and applied it, Jesus says he's a wise man. He's a man of wisdom because he's building on a rock. The man who heard it And neglected it, he's a fool. And he's building his house on the sand. What you build, the house you're building, is dependent upon whether or not you apply God's word. All right, look, hear me. The house you built is not dependent on the the on the on what if you've been exposed to or heard the word of God. The house you're building is not dependent upon your church attendance. The house you're building is not dependent on your ability to recite scripture. The the house you're building is what you do and apply with what you hear. He says one man was wise, one man was a fool. It's not whether you heard God's word or were exposed to it, but it's what you did. Did you apply the word of God? 
according to this passage, we, we could define, here's what it means to be wise, according to Matthew 7. It's the ability and the decision to apply biblical truth to life's realities. Who's a wise person according to Jesus? It's a, it's a person who, who hears God's word. He has the ability and makes the decision, I'm going to apply what I've heard to my life. I'm going to apply it. Jesus would say, you're a wise man and you're building on a rock. On the contrary, he would say, foolishness is the inability and the refusal to apply biblical truth to life's realities. So you've still heard it. You've been exposed to it. But you are not able. You refuse to take what you've heard and apply it to your life. And Jesus would say, that's a foolish person. That's a foolish person, and their foundation, their foundation is sandy. It's in the sand. God's applied word or lack thereof is the foundation that you're building on. And here's what we do when we hear this word and when we read this passage. All of us, if, if you're being honest this morning, and you know, like you would all say like, yeah, fool, wise, I wanna be wise. Rock, sand, I wanna, man, I wanna be on the rock. Who would wanna be on the sand? Because there's a storm, and if I'm on the sand, the storm's gonna come and knock it down. So, so I need to be wise, right? And like most people this morning would read God's word and see that and say, yeah, I wanna be wise, I wanna be wise. We wanna take God's word and we wanna apply it. Now, if I could get some help, could you, could you pass me the, the regular one right there? So um, sometimes I try to eat healthy. <laughs> and um, here's an apple. And, you know, they say an apple a day keeps the doctor away, right? Anybody love apples? Apples are good. I had this one up here afterwards if you want to get it. Somebody's hungry. An apple. So, you know, we, we often have lots of apples in our home, you know. Um, if you're ever like us, sometimes you buy, like, too many fruits and vegetables because you're just feeling ambitious and you're feeling real healthy at the grocery store. And you're like, I'm going to buy this bag of spinach to throw away in nine days. That'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody do that? Yeah, come on. This is, that's real talk right there. Yeah. So a- apples. So, you know, all, you know it's, it's healthy. It's good. It has nutritional value. You eat it. You know, it's, it's a good snack, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, but did you guys know this weekend uh, the State Fair comes to Virginia? Do you know that? You didn't know that? State Fair. State Fair. So me, me and Anna, like, we didn't grow up, like, being at the State Fair all the time. But the last few years we started to go, and we love it. And uh, I have a terrible sweet tooth. That's one of my weaknesses. Just terrible. And how, how many know they have these at the fair? Just look a little different. <laughs> Could you hand me the other one? So at the fair, at the fair, Jesus gets involved with apples a little bit. And now, now we've got uh, the caramel apple. And this is really plain and really basic. This has just got the caramel. But how many know at the fair, it's like, it's not just the apple dipped in the caramel. It's like the apple dipped in caramel, dipped in Oreos, dipped in cotton candy. <laughs> dipped in a hot dog. You're like, what? Like, it's like the weirdest thing. You're like, who does this? But like everyone's buying it and it's like $18 and you're like, what a steal. You know, like we're all delusional. But, 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 but we, like we just go and we just, we just dip in all this stuff. But how, how many know when, when you take an apple, here I'm going to toss this back to you, ready? Good catch. How many know when you take an apple and you begin to dip it, how many know you, you begin to lose the nutritional value? And the caramel and the, the sugar water and the cotton candy and the sprinkles and the Oreos and the cheesecake and the, you just you just going how, how many know what was once healthy and added nutritional value when dipped in other things it 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 becomes ineffective for nutritional value. Yeah. Look look th- here's here's what's so important when we're talking about God's word. Can I give this to you? Here's what's so important when we're talking about God's word is I think a lot of us say, yeah, God's word. Yeah, I need to apply God's word. I want to be a wise man. And we take God's word, but we just want to add a little bit of human opinion to it. 
or, or we hear it at church on Sunday, and then we go back on Monday and just add a little bit of what's popular and acceptable in today's culture. Just dip it a little bit. You just, just dip it a little bit and just dip it a little bit and here's what's popular and here's what's trendy and here's what I think and here's what I feel. And all of a sudden, if you take God's word and begin to add to it what was nutritionally valuable, you've canceled it out. The, the, to be wise is to apply God's word and his word alone. It's a house built on a rock. Taking God's word and applying it. Jesus said, you're a wise man. You're a wise man. I'm not an expert on building or foundation. We've got some engineers in the church, actually, that could correct me if I'm wrong, though, about this. But uh, the little I know about building and foundations, here's what I know. The higher you want to go, the deeper you need to go. Like, you can't build a skyscraper with the foundation of a tool shed. If, If you want to go up, you need to go down. You want to go up, you need to go down. And, and I think a lot of us, if we're not careful, we want to we wanna skyscraper life with a tool shed foundation. Yeah. Wow. We, we want a skyscraper marriage with the foundation of a tool shed. We want a skyscraper community and ministry and church on the foundation of a tool shed. Man, if we're going to build up, we've got to build down. If we're going to care about the exterior, first we have to hit pause and go to the foundation and go to the root. Jesus says you're building, building a foundation. You're building a house. The height of your building must be matched by the depth of your foundation. The strength of your building must be matched by the strength of your foundation. Here's what I also know about sand and rock is that it's going to take longer to drill into rock than to throw something on sand. It's going to cost more to drill into rock than toss something on the sand. It's going to cost more. It's going to take longer. It's going to be more intentional. But, but if we want the strong house, we must have the strong foundation. We must take God's word and apply God's word. We must drill deep and drill, drill far so that we can build on the foundation on the rock. The house you build will be determined by the foundation that you lay. The house you're building will be determined by the foundation you are laying. I want you to know this morning, you are building. You're building something. It's not a matter of if you are, it's a matter of where you're building. I want you to evaluate this morning, evaluate your life. Am I taking God's word and applying it to every area of my life? Is my life being built on God's applied word on the rock or not on the sand? You are building. Number two, I want you to write this down. Number two is this. Storms are coming. Storms are coming. Now, back to these two men and what they had in, in common, what they, how they were similar to each other, is that they were both building. They were building on different foundations, but they also both experienced a storm. They both went through a storm. And here's, here's what I want to let you know, and you don't even need to know this this morning, is you're going to face storms. There was an old quote by an old preacher who said, you're either coming out of a storm, in a storm, or heading into a storm. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, that's encouraging. <laughs> storms are coming. Yeah. Storms are coming. And storms are not avoidable. You can't wish them away. 
You can't have enough faith that you won't go through them. In fact, Jesus himself told us, hey, in this world you'll experience trial and tribulation, but take heart because I've overcome the world. You will face storms. Storms are coming. And both of these men, both building, both building houses, they experienced a storm. There's no escaping it. No one can bail you out. No one can give you a pass. You will face storms. Storms are coming. Storms are coming. What's interesting about this passage, though, when you look at it, it's easy to say, like, oh, the storm destroyed the house. The storm wrecked the house that was on the sandy foundation. But I, I don't, I'm not really sure it was the storm that destroyed that house. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure it was the storm that wrecked and that destroyed that house. I think what the storm did was it revealed to us the weakness of that house. Yeah, that's good. The, the, The storm revealed, it exposed, it showed that that house was not built well. That house was built on faulty foundation. That house was built on shifting sand. The storm wasn't the thing that destroyed it. It was being destroyed all along. The storm exposed what was really going on. Before the storm, both houses looked good. Before the storm, you could argue both houses looked the same. Both guys were living well, doing, doing their thing, going through life, building their house. Before the storm, both looked good, both were standing good, but both were not good. Because the storm would expose the fact that one wasn't built well, one was built on the wrong foundation. It was in danger the whole time. It was not safe the whole time. It was not steadfast at all, ever. But here's, here's what's dangerous, is when you build on the sand, you can get away with it for a while. He was building on the sand. He built his house. He was living his life. And there's some of you, my fear for some of you, is that you're getting away with foolishness right now. And you're building your house. And you might have heard God's word, but you're only applying the parts of God's word that you like. Or you're, only, you're, you're, you're building on the sand and you're going through life, and your house looks like other people's houses, and you're good. And, and I want to plead with you this morning to let you know it, it, it feels fine now. It looks fine now. Your house looks good now, but you're not getting away with it. Yeah. To, to build on the sand, to build on faulty foundation is dangerous. It's not secure. There's no future hope there. The storm isn't what's going to wreck it. The storm is going to expose the fact that it's not strong. Yeah. It's faulty. Storms are coming, and the storm won't bring down the house. It'll expose the weakness of how the house was built. You can't wish the storm away, but here's what you can do today is you can begin to prepare for the storm. Look, I want you to write this down. You can prepare for the storm tomorrow by laying the right foundation today. So, so today, you, 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 like you might be sitting in this auditorium today with a mansion on the sand. Here's, here's what you can do today. You can begin to take God's word and digest God's word and apply God's word and you're beginning to drill deep into the rock of the applied word of God and you're beginning to build and lay a strong foundation so when that the storm comes, you're prepared for it. Yeah. You can begin to prepare for the storm tomorrow by preparing the right foundation today. Yeah. Right foundation today. Storms are coming. So the first thing we talked about is your building. All of us are building. You're building a life. You're building your family. You're building a ministry. You're building our city. 
And the next thing is storms are coming. Are we prepared? How is our foundation? And the third thing is this. I want you to write it down. Your foundation determines your future. Your foundation determines your future. Look at me. The season you're in right now doesn't determine your future. Your successes, they don't determine your future. Your past successes, your current successes, your future successes, they don't determine your future. Your failures, they don't determine your future. Your past failures, your current failures, your future failures, they don't determine your future. Your your season doesn't determine your future. The storm doesn't determine your future. Your success doesn't determine your future. What determines your future is your foundation. It's your foundation. Your foundation will determine your future. I'm not sure if any of you guys as kids uh, had this thing right here. You guys ever seen this before? Punching bag? <laughs> as kids, we would have, you know, you got the inflatable ones and the foam ones and all this kind of stuff. And like as kids, you would just go crazy with this thing, right? You would just like, like when you, like we would get in fights with like my, all my brothers and stuff. You just like, and your parents would put us in our own room. You would just like put your brother's face on it. Oh, you know, like, just like, like, but here's, here, here. All punching bags that are like this, here's, here's how they're built. They're, they're inflatable. They've got whatever in it, but, but they've got a lot of water. They've got a lot of weight at the bottom of them. And so what happens is when you hit it, it comes back. If you kick it, that was weak. That was so weak. <laughs> Honestly, I was scared it would burst and ruin all the equipment up here. So just transparency. So if you punch it, it's coming back. If you go over here and you punch it, it's, it's coming back. If you come up here and you punch it, it's coming back. Why? Because it's got a foundation that's strong. Yeah. So look, here's, here's what my life and your life, when built on the foundation of the rock, of the word of God, of the hope of Jesus Christ, here's what, here's what Jesus will say happen. He'll say, hey, the winds will come. You're right. The storms will come. You're right. The, the water will rise. I'm all right. The, the winds are blowing. We're good? Because we've got a foundation. So, so I, I, I don't need to worry about if I'm on the mountain or the valley. I don't need to worry about what will come because I'm rooted, I'm anchored in the hope that is Jesus. So, so the storms come and the wind blows and the storms come and the wind blows and I'm down and up and down and up and down and up. But if I'm anchored, I'm coming back. Good. Because I was built on the rock. I was built on the rock. There's one last passage of scripture that I want to read, one verse before I pray for us this morning. 1 Corinthians, the apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and these people at the church are confused as to who they're following since they've been planted. There's been many uh, teachers, there's been many pastors, there's been many evangelists, there's been many leaders that have come to the house and some pastors disciple these people and some pastors disciple these people and some leaders disciple these people. And so now you've got all these people that have all followed other leaders and it's causing commotion. Some are saying, oh no, I, I follow Apollos. Oh no, I, I follow Paul. I follow these people. Oh, I'm with this pastor. Oh, I'm with this church. I'm with this pastor. And it's causing commotion. And Paul, Paul is writing to them and he's clearing the air. He's saying, no, no, no. Hey, no, nobody else is your foundation. Yeah. That, that pastor isn't your foundation. His faith is not your faith. 
He's saying this. He's saying, hey, oh, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who was your pastor, who was your leader. He's, he, he says this, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that is already laid, Jesus Christ. It's like, hey, it doesn't matter your story. It, it, there's one foundation here. There's one goal here. There's one king in this house. There is one Lord. There is one Savior. There is one foundation that will last. There is one foundation that is solid. There is one foundation that is the rock. He says that foundation has already been laid and it's in Jesus. That's my foundation. I want this to sink into you tonight or today, this morning, because there's some of you, you're in the midst of getting just beat up by life and you're back and forth and and I, I would love for your life to end up upright because you have a solid foundation I don't want the storms of life to take you out I don't want doubt and fear and hurt to take you out I want you to be rooted in Jesus our firm foundation amen would you bow your head I want to pray with you this morning just for a moment of focus and concentration I want you to bow your head and to close your eyes I'd like to pray for us, but I want to give some people in the room this morning a chance to respond. Maybe you came in to church this morning, and I don't know why you're here. Maybe you got invited. Maybe you just heard about it, and you, 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 you think you just came in here, but I believe you're here because there's a God in heaven who loves you, who sent his son for you, and wants a relationship with you, wants to restore relationship from you back to the Father. And maybe you came in this room this morning, and you've built a mansion on the sand might have heard God's word but you haven't lived it might have heard of Jesus but you don't know him and maybe today God brought you in here and through God's word and through God's spirit the Holy Spirit is drawing you back to God and you want to say today Nate I want to I want to run to Jesus I want to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior maybe for the first time or maybe some of you that have been running you want to come back to Jesus today if that's you I want you to stick your hand up high and hold it up so I can see I can pray for you awesome just a second you can put your hands down I want to pray and I want to lead you in a prayer and I want you to say this with me in your heart but I want you to hear me this prayer does not save you this prayer is not magical these words are not special what saves you what God responds to is a heart reaching out to him in desperation asking him to save you so if I was you this morning I want you to pray this in your heart with me I want you to say God I thank you for sending your son Jesus I believe he's the son of God and that he came and he lived the life that I could not live. He died the death that I deserved to die, and on the third day rose again. Lord, I confess to you this morning my sin and my need for you. Lord, I ask you to forgive me, and I ask you to be the Lord and leader of my life. Lord, may you help me build a foundation on the rock, on your word. Commit to following you from this day forward. No turning back. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together for those who said yes to Jesus for the first time today? Come on. Come on. You can do better than that. Come on. Thank Jesus today. Amen. Well, thanks again for tuning in to today's message. For more content like this, you can subscribe to our podcast channel. If it encouraged you, we'd even ask that you review it and that you share it with friends. That would be so helpful to us. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.